Welcome to the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, where we talk all things fantasy football, from player news, rankings, projections, and even trade advice. Everything to help you win your fantasy football league. And now, your hosts, Bob Miller and Tommy Harvey. What is up, everyone out there? Welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Show, brought to you by DynastyProsFootball.com, your source for everything Dynasty League football. Bob Miller here, accompanied by my co-host Tommy Harvey, and we have a special guest again this week, which might be a regular from here on out, and that's Levi Ellis from over at DynastyProsFootball.com. He does our waiver wire uh, article every week. So, guys, welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Levi. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. Just trying to figure out this uh, <laughs> this crazy weekend of uh, fantasy football, to say the least, man. We've uh, got some news. It's Monday night. We're watching the Monday night football game here. We wanted to get out here early so we can give everybody some waiver wire advice. Uh, so they can get started all day tomorrow and making those claims. Um, so not, you know, you know, not a whole lot going on. You know, as far as news today, I mean, a couple of injuries there. But I do want to start off by saying, uh, you know, we wish the absolute best for Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan and not much of a Bengals fan at all. But um, I hate seeing an injury to anyone, and that was just ugly. Um, I hate seeing that. I feel so bad for the guy. Prayers for you, uh, Joe, and I uh, hope you get well soon. It looks like he's going to be ready for next season, though, so you know, thumbs up there. I've got some comments about that later on, though. Okay, okay. Well, we'll save it for later on. Um, I'll tell you some of the big, big news today uh, that came out a few hours ago is that uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram of the Ravens tested positive for COVID-19. They will not be available for the Thursday night Thanksgiving game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which kind of sucks because everybody was waiting for J.K. to break loose, and by golly, it happened yesterday. Uh, the Ravens came up short, but he just looks like the dominant running back uh, on that team. Mark Ingram, I saw a report today that uh, he's he's fairly close to being a healthy scratch, you know, from here on out, so... Uh, this doesn't serve him any good, you know, This the, him missing this game. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, uh, Levi, with uh, with some waiver wire claims there. But uh, we kind of know where this is leading into. Gus Edwards, grab oh, him. Gus and, us. Oh, yeah. We want to grab him and fire him up for Thursday night's game. He's going to get a ton of volume. And uh, he had a really, really good game a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers. I think he had, a, you know, over 80 yards rushing and a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, let's see here. No, no surprise here. Christian McCaffrey, he's still considered week to week. It looks like he may not play this week, which means their bye week is next week. And, uh, you know, it looks like he might not come back until week 14. And there's still a possibility, Levi, like we said last week, they might just shut him down for the rest of the season, which absolutely sucks. Yeah, man, I'm hoping they don't. I own him in a in a league right now, so uh, I'm hoping he comes back and plays, but it's not looking good. Well, for fantasy purposes, I hope he, can, <clears throat> hope he comes back and plays. But for real-life practicality, it just doesn't make any sense for him to. No, it doesn't. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give him a call and say, hey, man, listen, bro. I made a trade for you. All right. Uh, what did I give up, Tommy? What did I give up for him? Uh, you gave up Tyree I gave up Tyreek Hill. Damn it. He only had 115 catches yesterday. Well, it was Tyreek and a first. I did. Son of a gun. I was trying to make this playoff push <laughs> in a league. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that might have bit me in the in the butt there. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to put in a call to Christian McCaffrey's people and say, hey, listen, Bob over here really needs you for the fantasy playoffs, man. So uh, let's, let's, let's get something figured out, bro. I'll compensate you later. Anyway. I'll, I'll split my winnings if I win it with him. So I know I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll be happy to say something to you for him when I see him later. <laughs> I mean, if you, you want me to put in a word for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stinks, man. I know, I know everyone that's a McCaffrey owner. I mean, gosh, they were suffering. They took him in the first round. Took him first overall pick if they got him. Um, so that's a huge, huge loss. And everyone was waiting for him to get back. He gets back and gets hurt first game, which absolutely sucks. So I, I feel for you guys out there. Anyway, um, any, the, the only other news I really, really see that uh, I think is notable is the LaMichael P. Ryan sprained his ankle, and uh, report is is he's going to miss some time. That's it. It's the only thing out there so far. I mean, this is Monday evening, so we'll probably know a little bit more information throughout the week. He could miss a game. Uh, but if it's an ankle sprain, depending if it's a high ankle sprain or a low ankle sprain, it just depends. Um, of how much time he's going to miss. If it's high ankle, that's uh, that's probably not good news. So uh, that's something for you guys out there to monitor just in case, um, you know, go grab that Frankie Gore off the waiver wire. <laughs> oh <my laughs> for the 0-10 for the Jets. Oh, my gosh. How <laughs> ugly is that? So, Well, all right. Well, what's some? Uh, let, let's talk some, uh, some studs from this weekend and some nice, nice performances, guys. Who do we want to start off with? I'll start with the obvious Taysom Hill. Let's do it. Yeah, because, listen, he, he was the buzz all week, especially if you had uh, had him in an ESPN league because he was tight end eligible. Well, guess what? You got him for the this week, and that's no more because ESPN put out an article earlier today saying that starting week 12, he is not eligible at tight end. And if you leave him in that tight end spot, uh, your lineup is invalid because of the roster uh, violation. So if anybody's trying to pull a fast one like I was thinking of doing, um, ESPN's already got that uh, figured out. So, but moving on, what did you guys think? I mean, either one of you, both of you, what did you think about him yesterday? I thought well, he was really good. Um, he, uh, he he showed a lot of value as a runner. Um, reminded me a lot of Cam Newton. Um, whenever Cam Newton was putting up big big numbers, able to throw the ball downfield, he was hitting his targets. He only threw the ball what twenty three times, but he was still really efficient with it. Uh, scored a couple touchdowns, so uh, he, had, he had a really good game, looked really good. I want to first say that, first off, there's two things. One, I'm pissed off because I spent my entire fab budget on Jameis Winston after I lost Breeze for a team or a league that I'm in the playoffs, and Taysom Hill was not available, so I couldn't have got him. So that part pissed me off. Secondly, I'm happy the Saints went with him from a, from a fan perspective because they need to see what they've got in this guy. They need to see if he is the future after Drew Brees. There's a lot of speculation that it's going to be Jameis Winston, so to see what Taysom can do I think is important. But I was super impressed with him from a, a actual quarterback perspective. We all know he can run, but uh, he actually played pretty well. I'll be curious to see when they face a, a tougher opponent than the Falcons, though, and see what he can do. Well, you know, the first half of the game, he really didn't have, he didn't have a whole lot of production. Didn't look very good. Looked like a bad decision. I mean, I think he only had like six fantasy points going into halftime. Um, but 
he got those legs going, scored a couple of rushing touchdowns, which is huge, especially in those leagues where you still score passing touchdowns at four points and rushing, obviously, at six. Uh, pretty much all the leagues that I'm in anymore, um, it's six points touchdowns all across the board, passing and whatnot. Um, but I think he's okay. I don't know who I would be starting him over. I haven't really gotten that far. I, like you said, I'd like to see what he does against a little bit better opponent, a little bit better defense. Uh, the rushing's going to be there, but I think Tommy nailed it right on the head. I think he is exactly what uh, kind of what Cam Newton is. Uh, he's going to get some rushing, and he's going to be their goal line back, which kind of brings me to the effect that it's going to have on Alvin Kamara moving forward. I think it's going to be a fairly negative effect. Now, now Kamara didn't have any catches. I think, what was, was this the first game he's played without a catch? I think so. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of rough. He only had one target, so either A, this is how it's going to be moving forward until Drew gets back into the, uh, into the fray, or... They're going to realize real quick, like, hey, we need to fix this. We need to get, we, we've got to get this ball in Kamara's hands. We've got to, you know, create some plays to where they're dumping it off to him in a flat. And I kind of think that's what they're going to do. I think, I think they're going to, go ahead. I think that Peyton has, has wanted to run an offense like this for a long time. If you think back a couple of years ago, there was rumors about them drafting Lamar Jackson to succeed Breeze. Uh, there's been speculation in the past about other quarterbacks that kind of are a dual threat. And then, of course, the infatuation with Taysom Hill over the last couple seasons. I think I think Sean Payton and the evolution of the Saints and, and their offense moving forward, I really think they're strongly considering Taysom Hill to be the long-term option there. So this is his trial run. He's got Denver this week, and he's got Atlanta again the following week. And we know Breeze is out at least two more weeks. So I think Taysom could be very fantasy relevant for the next few weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, go ahead, Tommy. Well, they're going to have to figure out a way to get Kamara involved. He's their, be- he's their, their best offensive player. There's, there's – they're not going to go very far without him being involved in in the game plan. Him only having one target is just kind of – it's unacceptable. So they're going to have to look for him downfield because Taysom Hill really didn't look to check down at all. Yep, I think you're right. They're going to have to get Kamara involved. You know, I, I speculated last week's podcast that uh, how would this affect Kamara's value, and that was with Winston. You know, I really thought they would push the ball downfield more and maybe not use them. So I was half right and half wrong because they went with Taysom and it still didn't happen. But I'm sure they get that fixed for this next week. Yeah, I'm just really curious to see what it, what kind of effect it has on Kamara moving forward because, uh, <laughs> man, he's the best running back in the game right now, him and uh, arguably the best running back in the game. I'm sure we could get some trolls that will, you know, hit me up on that. But uh, – They've got to get the ball to him any way that they can to create space for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing what well, happens there. Well, it definitely bolstered Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders' value because they, they both had, had pretty solid games. And see, here's the thing. I would have thought it would have had a – you know, I, I kind of like the – I don't know, just kind of like the, the situation with Carolina with uh, P.J. You know, I, I would have thought that would have affected someone like D.J. Moore. I benched D.J. Moore in a particular league, and he blew up. So I kind of thought the same thing with with Taysom Hill as I thought this is going to affect the, these wide receivers, and I think that they're going to lean a lot more on Kamara. Well, uh, wow. You know, maybe everyone else thought that, and they just went the other direction. So, um, yeah, kind of surprising there. We'll see how it goes from here on out. Well, guys, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that's uh, depressed me over the last couple of weeks, man, and that's Travis friggin' Fulgham. 
What is going on there, man? I mean, he looked like just a possible league winner and, you know, a wide receiver one that you were picking up off the waiver wire, and he was just putting up, you know, in PPR leagues, you know, 15-plus points a game, which was just money. I mean, money in the bank. No matter how crappy that team played or how crappy Carson Wentz played, you could count on Travis Fulgham. And then here comes Jalen Rager back in the, you know, back in the fray. And two weeks in a row now, Fulgham has one catch for eight damn yards. Well, I told you a few weeks ago whenever Fulgham was blowing up that that this was eventually going to happen just because all the primary targets were going to make their way back onto the field and Fulgham was going to start to take a back seat, and that's that's what he's done. Yeah, he's just not getting a lot of targets, though. I mean, you would think with as crappy as this team plays and they're playing from behind and all this, you would think that he would get a lot more looks, but they're just not throwing it his direction. So, uh I, I it, it it stinks. It's kind of a crappy situation. Now, like I said last week, if anyone has him on their team, it's not like you drafted him or put a whole lot into him. I mean, you might have thrown a lot of fab money on him or something like that, but uh, regardless, if he doesn't do anything from here on out, it's not really hurting you very, very much. You know, it, hopefully you got to enjoy what you could out of him, and let's see, uh, see what happens from here on out. I mean, what do you think there, Levi? I mean, with Fulgham. Man, I'm a Fulgham owner in a bunch of leagues, and so it's going to be tough for me to be able to start him, um, at least with any kind of confidence right now. But the Eagles are so jacked up as a franchise right now. I mean, this is hard to believe. A couple years ago, they're Super Bowl champions, and now um, Carson Wentz has, has looked the worst that he's ever looked. They can't protect him. They're playing sloppy football. Wentz is turning the ball over left and right. Um, I mean, I think the issues are much, much bigger than Fulgham, but uh, I do recognize Tommy's point. You know, they are getting some weapons back. Goddard's back. Um, Ertz is going to be back right around the corner. Rager, of course, is back. So Alshon, even though he's uh, not been involved. So I don't know. I I still want to take a wait-and-see approach. I'm not to the point to drop drop Fulgham yet, but uh, I definitely don't have confidence either. Yeah, I'm gonna. He he's gonna be a stash from here on out. I even put him on my taxi squad and uh, one of my leagues. So, uh, you know, I'm just uh, just kind of hanging out, seeing what happens there. So, like I said, I didn't have a whole lot invested in him. So, you know, I'm able to take that back seat with him and see if anything happens here. So, Tommy, let's talk about Clyde Edwards-Helaire because I know, man, you've got a lot of opinions about him. So, won't you uh, won't you let the yeah. folks out there know what those opinions are? I've just been really, he's really disappointed in him. Um, I know he's the overall RB ten right now, but he he's only putting up oh, right over fourteen and a half points a game. Um, he's only getting right over ten touches a game with Le'Veon Bell involved. Also, uh, so I mean, he, he's not getting a whole lot of touches, so he's not going to put up a whole lot of points. He's going to be rather touchdown dependent, kind of like he was yesterday. Or yeah, yesterday scoring two touchdowns. Without those two touchdowns, he wouldn't have had much of any value at all. Um, I did. I did notice something really, uh, really kind of telling about. It. He's only top seventy yards rushing once this year. That was back in week six when he had one hundred sixty-one yards. Other than that, he's only he's only tops. That was the only time he's he's top seventy yards all season. Well, it's just not getting enough touches. He's not getting enough rushes, and you know that's just that offense. Man, they like to sling it around everywhere, and. Uh, you know, it was kind of like with Damian Williams the last couple of years. Uh, Damian Williams was kind of touchdown dependent, and so I see that a lot with Edwards Elaire. I think he'll catch, you know, have a couple of catches, you know, a few catches a game, 
Um, one of them might be for a touchdown. But, yeah, I think those those weeks when he scores touchdowns, he's going to be damn good. And the weeks that he doesn't score touchdowns, he's going to be pretty damn frustrating. And I think that's how it's going to be, honestly, uh, while he's the starter there in, well, in Kansas City. Well, the problem, the whole problem I have with him is that every, everybody was drafting him in hopes he was going to be a top five back, and he's just not that. Um, he, like you said, he doesn't get the touches, so he's not getting, so he's not picking up yardage because of that. He's not really involved a whole lot in the passing game either. So he's just, he's just kind of a guy. Yeah, you just got, you got to get volume, and he just doesn't get enough of it. And with the Le'Veon Bell uh, in the mix this year. It, but that's the thing. Andy Reid loves having that guy. You know, it was it was Shady McCoy last year, and now it's Le'Veon Bell. Who in the hell is it going to be next year, you know? They're going to bring in Lamar Miller or somebody to be that dude, you know? I mean, it's just, ugh, you know. I, I, there's going to be, Hyde. Yeah, there, yeah, Carlos Hyde's a perfect <laughs> example, actually. You know, there's always going to be that guy that's going to just be the pain in the ass um, that you're going to be like, I wish that dude would just go away because CEH will just dominate. But, like I said, I don't think he gets enough touches to be an elite fantasy running back. So he's a guy that if I have on my team, um, which I do, I'm going to be looking to probably sell him this offseason, um, you know, and try to cash out on him and seeing what I can get. I don't know what I can really, really get, but I, I think I'm going to try and package him and, and see if I can go and get a McCaffrey or possibly Dalvin or or – um, Saquon, something like that. Um, you know, I think I think the issue is is the expectations were set way too high for Ceh from the beginning. You know, he's the number one overall pick in in rookie drafts. He's not Barkley. He's not McCaffrey. He's not one of those guys. And because he's the number one overall pick, and because of Andy Reid's offense, everyone automatically assumed he's going to be a fantasy superstar. And we need to remember when Kareem Hunt was killing it there, Patrick Mahomes wasn't what he is now. Uh, this is a pass-first offense, and, and uh, you guys are right. He's just not getting the volume. I don't expect him to get the volume as long as Mahomes is healthy. And, uh, yeah, I think he's a sell-high target, but you may want to sell high after a big game uh, because otherwise, um, you know, he has disappointed. And the, the fact is, CEH is a very good player, and if people would have drafted him in the second round of their fantasy drafts, they'd be pumped with this guy. But when you draft him number one overall – you know, you're obviously going to have some disappointment. Yeah, I was offered like three weeks ago, maybe maybe a month ago, in a dynasty league. A guy offered me DK Metcalf and Kareem Hunt, I believe. Um, probably should have taken that deal in hindsight. Yeah, I told you to take it. Yep. I told yep. you to take it. Yeah, Tommy and I talked about <laughs> it. Uh, you know, then the guy offered me Michael Thomas straight up for him. You know, I don't know. I'm going to revisit that in the offseason because most, most trade deadlines are uh, have passed in fantasy leagues, so there's not really – a whole lot of wheeling and dealing you can do right now. So it, it's one of those you're going to have to sell in the offseason once Le'Veon Bell signs on somewhere else, hopefully, and everyone thinks that Edwards Elair is going to be the number one main, main guy. And even if he is, like we said, we just don't see him getting, you know, having those 20-plus touches per game that you really, really need out of an elite, elite running back. So. Yeah, that that's just my thoughts on that. You know, hold on to them now, sell high in the off season. Uh, there's always going to be takers for Clyde edwards Lair. So, but speaking of volume, somebody got a little bit of volume yesterday, didn't they, Tommy? Yeah, he, that's the only way they're going to be able to stay in games. Old Zeke got 21 carries yesterday. He sure as heck did. What did he do with those 21 carries, Tommy? Uh, well, you know, over 100 yards. Um, hey. 
had two receptions and another and another touchdown on the ground, or uh, another touchdown through the air. But uh, he uh, he had a good game yesterday. I'm, I'm not quite sure if it's a mirage or if it's sustainable. Um, their defense has played a lot better the last couple weeks, so maybe with their defense allowing them to stay in games, he'll get more volume. Yeah, yeah, I was happy to see that, you know, because a lot of people need that from him. I mean, he was their number three, number four type of pick. Um, I'll tell you, I had him benched. I was in the, this ESPN league where I was rocking out with Taysom Hill at my tight end, and I had James Robinson and, and DeAndre Swift going for me, and then Swift gets ruled out, and I'm like, damn it, i got to throw Zeke in my damn starting lineup. Well, I'm glad I, that I did. I, I would never start DeAndre Swift over Zeke. It doesn't matter what the situation is there. I, buddy, I have over the last couple of weeks, and it's paid off. It's PPR league, and uh, he's most definitely outscored Zeke. Um, but uh, yesterday was a different story. I had to I had to play Zeke. I, listen, I tried to trade Zeke. We talked about this a few shows ago, man. I was trying to trade Zeke for like Derrick Henry. I was trying to get all kinds of stuff for him, and I just had no luck. I, you know, the the people that <laughs> the people in that league uh, listen to this show and know exactly what the hell I was doing. Um, so uh, yeah, that's you know that is one kind of thing it sucks about doing like a podcast is when you talk about your ideas and your thoughts and your you know your expectations or what your plan is when your buddies in the league hear this crap that you you can't get anything over on them they know what your what your motives are kind of sucks that was my selling point to get people to listen to my podcast early on is hey if nothing else it's going to give you a competitive advantage against me so uh (laughs) maybe i know what you're you're saying man It, it definitely hurts Maybe some people out there in podcast, if you think about it, maybe they go through the same things and they, they throw out a little false information or a little bit of, you know, crap, <laughs> you know, to, to kind of fool some of the guys in their leagues. You know, yeah, as, bad of a year as, as bad of a year as Zeke has supposedly had, he's still the, the overall RB6 in PPR leagues. So he's still, he's still highly valuable. Yeah, obviously, and he proved it again yesterday. But I'm just saying, over the last few weeks, when they were having those that quarterback carousel that they were doing there, I mean, Zeke was 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 it was rough. And I mean, in you know PPR leagues, I think let's see, and it, you know he had a bye week last week, and in week nine he had eight point nine points. Week eight he had eight point three. Week seven he had six point one. Um, yeah, so. Shit, I, I I think he scored more points yesterday than he did in the the entire month previously uh, combined. So, <laughs> and that, that doesn't say a whole lot. Well, so keep in mind, McCarthy. You know, uh, last uh, last season he's coaching the Packers. I mean, he was not really involving the run game a lot. I mean, he, he you know Aaron Jones was showing talent, and they just uh, were not giving him the ball. That was my biggest issue with McCarthy his last year with the Packers. And so I think he kind of went through a little bit of a phase with that with Zeke recently. And I know the offensive line struggles and the quarterback struggles, but maybe he's learned his lesson. Maybe Zeke's going to be more involved moving forward. Well, yeah. also with, with with as bad as the defense was too, they were having to throw the ball because they were so far behind. They couldn't they couldn't get that's it. That's true. Week. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you know they've got he's got an interesting <laughs> schedule coming up next week. He's playing the the Washington football team. Um, Washington's defense has been surprisingly uh, good uh, this season. Uh, the following week in week thirteen, uh, the Cowboys are at Baltimore. So uh, I don't know how much we can expect from Zeke in that game. But then he's got Cincinnati, San Francisco, Philly. And then the New York Giants in Week 17, but we don't use Week 17 in fantasy football. So, your fantasy playoffs—he's playing Cincinnati, San Fran, and Philly. Uh, 
not awful, but not fantastic either. So, but the, here's the thing: in that Cincinnati, San Fran, and Philly game, they they should be in those games. They shouldn't be uh, bl- getting blown out or blowing them out. So you can expect probably a ton of touches from Zeke. So that's that's good. That's good to know, especially well, in that Cincy game. One thing that I think is often overlooked, too, as we get late in the fantasy season here is I want players that are on teams that are still in contention for the playoffs. They're a lot more likely to play. They're a lot more likely to show up and play hard. And and as crazy as it is, Dallas 3-7, and they are in a playoff race still. So uh, if they can get another win or two rolled off here, then then I think Zeke could be good down the stretch. Whereas if you're looking at a guy like we talked about, you know, prior to coming on the air, um, Christian McCaffrey here, if he – you know, if, if the Panthers are out of it, and they most likely will be, then there's not a lot of incentive for him to come in and play. Now only it, it, there is to help my damn fantasy team in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, that's so, right. i got to talk to him for you. Yeah, absolutely. Have your people talk to his people. But All right, uh, man. I'm setting it up. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You know how they always talk? Yeah, there's always this talk every year. Don't draft a quarterback early. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to bite you in the ass. It's going to come back to hurt you. It's going to come back to hurt you. And what did people do? You know, they took Lamar early this year. And what has that done? That's hurt a lot of folks out there because he's just not hes not putting up those elite points. They always say, and I, and I always say it too, wait for quarterback. Wait, wait, wait. Because there's always going to be that one guy, maybe two guys, that may even go undrafted, especially in like a redraft league, that can be a league winner for you. And, and – Who's that guy this year? Anybody want to take a guess? Justin Herbert? Absolutely, Justin Herbert. You gosh darn right. (laughs) He is a friggin' stud, is he not? I mean, 366 yards again yesterday, three TDs. He's already the QB7 in in fantasy football, man. And and, and he didn't even play a couple of friggin' games. Yeah, he's he's really been unbelievable. Um, Obvious offense rookie of the year. Obviously, there. I, I mean, the only other guy who could have any claim to it would be James Robinson, but Justin Herbert has far surpassed him at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. He's been amazing. I'm pissed at myself before the season started. I drafted Herbert like late second round, and I traded him for Zach Moss before the season started because uh, I do like I, I like Zach Moss a lot. I needed a running back. And uh, Zach is it, Moss a, was it actually, super flex or something or what? Well, yeah, it's a two quarterback league. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that hurts. Ten, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 10, it's only a 10 team league, but again, two quarterbacks. And uh, like I said, I needed running back. I'm stacked at quarterback in that league and uh, thought I was making a good trade at the time. Cause Zach Moss was actually selected a few picks before Herbert in our rookie draft. So, but here, uh, here, yeah, I'm here, here's the crazy, I mean, here's the crazy thing about Herbert now from here on out, you know, you see a lot of people, you know, uh, tweeting and should I start Herbert over this guy? Should I start Herbert over, uh, I don't know, uh, trying to think, you know, over big Ben, should I start him over breeze? Should I start him over Brady? The answer is yes, 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 yes. And yes. I mean, there's only a handful of guys that I think I would start over Herbert Kyler, uh, Russell Wilson, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and maybe Aaron Rodgers. If you guys can think of any other QBs, you would confidently start over Herbert moving forward. Please share. But those are probably the only four guys. And I and, and you could yes, Josh Allen there. Yeah, I'm starting, Josh Allen. I don't know. I think I'd start him over Josh Allen. And, and, and this pains me to say, but I damn sure I'm starting him over Lamar. So, um, yep. yeah, I mean, there's only probably three to four guys that I would say, nope, 
I'm starting this. I'm starting Patty Mahomes. I'm starting, you know, Kyler. I'm starting Russ. Or I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, I, and I may not, and I, I would probably start him over Aaron Rodgers as well. So yeah, there's there's not many guys I'm starting over him, you know, moving forward. So man, if you guys, if anyone, to all of you that are listening to the show and you picked him up off the waiver wire, friggin' congratulations, you know, there's there's a league winner right there, possibly. Well, another league winner, his favorite target, Keenan Allen, has been unreal this year. He, he has people people wrote him off i mean they wrote him off and and, and rightfully show, so because of you know to rod taylor people I, were I, drafting him as a wide receiver three yeah at, at best as a flex type of guy or depth you know do, do, what kind of stats has he got right now tommy man he he already has 112 targets which which leads the nfl um, only I think only one other guy has over 100 targets, and that's Stephon Diggs, I think, with 101. Um, but he's got 82 catches already in 10 games. He's got over 800 yards and six touchdowns. He is He's literally on pace for over 130 catches for over 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. It's crazy. He's the number three you know, wide receiver right now in PPR leagues. He's taken over Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Steph Diggs, Thielen. He's he's surpassed all them. There's only two guys ahead of him, Tyreek and Devontae Adams. That's it. And and Tyreek's only got him by about five points. And so yeah. And neither one of those gets the amount of targets Keenan Allen does. No. Yeah, I think I think it's a legitimate possibility Keenan Allen's gonna be the number one receiver by the end of the season. I mean, if he continues to get this target volume, um, you're right, Tommy, neither of those other guys are, are getting the the kind of target share that he is. <laughs> Man, 16 freaking catches yesterday. 16 catches for 145 yards and a TD. It Man. also helped it also helps he has a gunslinger there at quarterback and they don't have much of a running game. So, yep. Do yeah, you the think reason... that that do you think that volume goes down once uh Austin Eckler comes back? No, cuz I don't think Austin Eckler is much of a as much of a runner. I think him I think more him as a as a Alvin Kamara type that's going to catch the ball out of the back. That's but that's what I mean because I don't think it's much of a runner, but you know, do you think they're going to dump, you know, a lot of you know, up to maybe 10, 11, 12 targets a game goes to Austin mm-hmm. Eckler out of the backfield, which yeah, could... but Kalen Balash has been getting seven, eight, nine targets. Tremaine Pope was getting, I mean, he, he had one game where he had like 12 targets or something crazy. So, I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, he's able to throw the ball very much more to Eckler. I mean, I think, I think Herbert is just going to continue to feed Allen. You know, there was a, uh... I don't remember if it was a report or a video or what, but he went to, to Keenan Allen early in the season. He's like, what do I need to do to get you the ball? Um, I mean, I think he respects Keenan Allen. He's going to continue to feed him. Tommy's got a great point with Balazs, you know, already getting a ton of targets. Um, I mean, I think it's going to keep happening. The reason Keenan Allen was drafted as wide receiver three is because we all thought Tyrod Taylor was going to be his quarterback. And uh, obviously that lasted uh, for a hot minute. And then in comes Herbert and the rest of the I mean, history. if you even watched, like, uh, if you watched Hard Knocks, I mean, they were making, uh, you know, Justin Herbert look kind of uh, slow. Yep. You know, they're making him look like he wasn't picking up the playbook. It almost made, it was kind of like that uh, season, like four or five years ago, what they did with the uh, L.A. Rams. Um, I think it was the St. Louis Rams maybe at the time. I'm not sure. It was the year that they drafted Jared Goff, and they made him look straight damn handicapped you know like he was a special <laughs> needs guy or something you know going into the season they made him look dumb as a as a as a rock you know so uh 
Yeah, I, yeah, it was so funny, Tommy. Remember, uh, right before the season started, we were going to do that article on DynastyProsFootball.com. We were going to do, uh, you know, who's going to be the better Dynasty quarterback, Tua or Burrow? So yeah, it's Herbert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's what made me kind of giggle about this. Is like, you know, I didn't even consider Herbert. You know, I, you know, it's kind of funny. Is you know, if if Herbert would have come out of the draft, you know, the year before, or come out of the, you know, uh, uh, college football and declare for the draft, he'd have probably been the number one quarterback taken. Um, sure. He decided to stay a, an extra year. You know, Burrow blew up, and then Tua had a damn good year, and it kind of left Herbert, you know, back in the dust. So um, yeah, wow, you know, damn good pick, damn good pickup for anyone out there in, in fantasy leagues that's got him. If you uh, if you have him in a super flex league and someone's trying to come and get him this offseason, brother, they better bring the house. They better back up the Brinks truck and uh, yep. and lay it on you because uh, I I see kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type of player here. Uh, I'm not saying that he's going to be Patty Mahomes, you know, as far as like talent wise, but he's going to put up those kinds of points. I mean, that's what this team is. And they even they don't even have, like you said, they don't have a running game. So even if their running game is dumping off the damn ball in the flat, and uh, that's just more points for Herbert. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you mentioned Joe Burrow a minute ago. Um, man, what an absolute soul-crushing injury he had yesterday. It was awful. It was awful. Uh, he uh, tore his ACL, his MCL, and plus he, he has a little bit of structural damage in his knee. They're estimating nine to twelve months recovery time. Does he even try to come back and play next year? Is, is it even worth it for, yeah. him, to, for him to play next year? Yeah. I mean, knowing knowing that that offensive line is still going to be in shambles, they haven't they haven't improved it. Um, he's coming off that injury. I would just say sit next year next year out and make sure you're healthy. Absolutely not. I think he wants to come back. He's got that swag to him, you know. Um, and, and, and I think that what's going to happen, I think since Cincinnati's got money, you know, they, they never, they've always been somewhat frugal. Um, so I see them investing a lot in their offensive line and, and, uh, doing what they can to protect Burrow. They know what they have there. Uh, you know, he's going to have to, yeah, absolutely. And because, because it, 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 it not only hurt Burrow, but it's hurt Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mixon's now on the IR because he can't stay healthy because that offensive line's so terrible. Yeah, I've Man, never been. I've never been a Mixon guy. I never will be a Mixon guy. But yeah, it stinks. I mean, both of their Joes are are, are looks like they're they're done for the season. I, I don't see why they would bring back Mixon at all this year. To be honest. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think Mixon's coming back this season. At least it doesn't make sense, especially after seeing what happened to Burrow. But you know, you mentioned Bob that that since he has money. But Cincinnati hardly ever spends their money, um, you know, with the exception of retaining their own players from time to time. But Mike Brown is just such a frugal owner. Uh, they're a small market. Obviously, they will have to protect Burrow. I'm sure they will make an investment there. I just don't know if they're going to go out and spend the money to do so. But I think Burrow's an incredibly hard worker. I do think he's going to work his butt off to get back for next season. So, Yeah, well, yeah. The- it, I, I'm going to tell you one of the guys I hope they don't spend the money on. And, and, and if they do, it's going to be a couple of years. But I'll tell you, uh, Orlando Brown out, uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Ravens have done a fant- uh, just a phenomenal job this year of locking up a lot of their core guys, you know, re-signing, you know, Marlon Humphrey, you know, locking him up. Uh, same thing with Ronnie Stanley, but you know, with the loss of Ronnie Stanley, has moved Orlando Brown over to left t- tackle, where he is—that's his natural position—and he's played 
fantastically. If that's even a word, fantastically. I don't know if that's a word, but that's how I'm describing the way that that Orlando Browns played. And and the thing that sucks as Ravens fans, I think it's pricing us right out of the market. I don't I don't see us finding a way to re-sign him unless he gives us some kind of a discount. But um, you know, I think he's going to get he's going to get some money at left tackle somewhere else. Well, the good news for the Bengals, though, is that they've kind of played themselves up into a higher draft pick, so maybe somebody like Penny Sewell is going to be there for them. He, he's the number one offensive lineman on the board. Um, that would be a tremendous pick moving forward for the franchise and, and being able to protect Joe Burrow. But, you know, here's the big, big thing is I know that a lot of Bengals fans out there are really, really uh, hoping the best for Burrow, and, as well they should be. But most people that's listening to the show can give a rat's ass about that. What they care about is how it affects their fantasy team. If they're a Tyler Boyd owner or if they have T. Higgins or even if someone yep. still has A.J. Green on their roster – uh, or, you know, even Gio Bernard, these guys that, you know, were mixing owners that maybe picked up Gio. How does this affect those wide receivers for the rest of this season? Are any of them startable at all? Um, it's going to be really difficult just because Burrow was such a good quarterback. He got them the ball. Um, I just don't – I mean, they're looking at Ryan Finley being their being their starting quarterback right now, and he hasn't proven anything in this league. Um, I – I just I don't know how you can confidently start them right now. I was about to say, have you seen Ryan Finley play? Because uh, that that alone should be worrisome enough to yeah. try to start one of these offensive options. And then you factor in no running game, bad offensive line. Uh, teams know they're going to be playing from behind all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think it is – you're going to have to be desperate. I mean, maybe Tyler Boyd, but uh, I think you're going to have to be desperate to start these guys. And, and the you're, answer to your question is yes. I have seen Tyler uh, – you know, uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Finley. Finley. <laughs> I have seen him play. I went to the, the Bengals-Ravens game last year in Cincy. Uh, you know, that was like that, that big, big game where, uh, you know, Lamar had that, that long run where he spun – and shook those two linebackers and scored the touchdown. It was like one of the big, big uh, highlights of the year last year. And that game, Ryan Finley started that. It was just brutal. Brutal. Well, the, uh, why, why the hell they would have put him in? Like, hey, we're going to see what we got in this kid, and we're going to start him against the Ravens. When so, they bench yeah. Dalton? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, so mighty. Well, yeah, well, that was bad. Well, the Bengals now kind of seem to be in that same type of situation that the Cowboys were in after Dak went down where they just didn't have a – they didn't have a backup quarterback who, who could who could get the ball to any of the receivers. You know, they they brought Dalton in. He he looked okay, and then he got hurt. And then when you don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball, your receivers aren't worth anything. Yeah, I can only see Tyler Boyd. That that that's possibly the only guy that can have some fantasy relevance or remains somewhat fantasy relevant, but probably no more than a flex. Um, Gio Bernard maybe flex worthy because of dump off passes playing from behind garbage time type of points. Um, but this really, really, really hurts AJ green. I think it absolutely just kills T Higgins, uh, moving forward. So this, that really, really sucks. So, you know, I hate that for folks out there, but, uh, Anyways, let's move on. Let's 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 stay in that division because uh, you know I've been kind of talking about my 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 home team, the Ravens, whatnot. Uh, kind of talked about J.K. Dobbins, and I mean he's just the best running back on that Ravens team, and it shows. Not much more to say about that, but let's just talk about Hollywood Brown, the soldier. Okay, I I, I more than anyone want to see Hollywood succeed, but having a guy a five foot nine 
wide receiver one's just not cutting it. And he's not that type of precise route runner that uh, that a number one wide receiver needs to be. He's kind of a quick slant, break one off, or just run as fast as you can downfield. Maybe he can develop like Tyreek Hill has, um, but he's nowhere near that right now. And as far as fantasy goes, guys, completely droppable. Completely yeah. droppable. He's barely ownable in Dynasty right now, in my opinion. He he he's just he just doesn't look good. He he has yesterday he had a couple drops that were like right in his hand. Like, what's going on here? How are you dropping those passes? He had looks- one. He did. He had one yesterday. He had one in that game where it was right in his his hands and he dropped it. And there was a touchdown. There there would have been a touchdown catch, but Lamar. I'm gonna say I'm gonna put this on Lamar. Lamar threw the ball just a little too late. And, and and Hollywood was open in the end zone, and that the, the fact that Lamar threw it a little late gave the defender a, just enough time to catch up, put his hands up without even seeing, and he knocked the ball down, which kind of sucked. Um, you know, other than that, Hollywood would have had a big, big time. You know, it was probably about a 40-yard uh, pass and a touchdown. That would have been uh, a nice little fantasy day, just that one play. So, um, yeah. Right now, I, I see that there's just no way that he's you can start him at all unless you're just in a rough, rough situation with your wide receivers. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I think moving forward that the wide receiver to have on that team is Des Bryant. Isn't that crazy? But but you may be right. I mean, he uh, was making um, use of his targets yesterday. Now, they are going to have to sign him to the active roster in order for him to um, you know, be able to have any kind of fantasy relevance there because he's already been called up his two times. But, yeah, we Hollywood Brown, I mean, he shouldn't even be owned right now in redraft leagues. There's no reason to roster this guy at all. Part of it's his fault. Part of it's the Ravens' offense. But, um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see if Des can do anything. I know that's a, a deep, deep take. But what did he get, like seven targets yesterday? I think he had like I think he had like six or seven targets. He had four catches. Yeah, four catches. I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of yards, but no. I, what I saw is that he was creating extra yards. He was big boy in those guys. You know, he yep. was catching the ball. He was extremely physical. He was playing very, very, very hard. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I see more of that, and I see more passes going his direction. I see more volume. You know, moving forward, I could see, you know, five catches a game, if not more, for him. Um, and you know, when they get down the red zone, I could see some touchdowns go in his direction. So, um, he's a guy, I don't want to jump the gun here on, on some of the waiver wire, just in case you want to talk about him in a little bit, but he's a guy that I'm absolutely, uh, talking shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed right now. If you dropped Hollywood Brown and picked up Des Bryant, honestly. So uh, just that, that, that's says well, a you lot. Should, you should definitely drop Hollywood Brown. So, yeah. uh, you know, whether Des is your guy or not, drop yeah. Hollywood Brown and, you know, we can talk more later about which guys to pick up, like you said. But, yeah, no no reason to own him at this point. Yep. And uh, the, the only other guy to really talk about, man, is welcome back Mark Andrews. I mean, uh, showed his dominance yesterday at five catches, 96 yards and a touch. Now the Ravens uh, going to need him. Absolutely. He would have had another touchdown. But just like I said with Hollywood, you know, Lamar threw one. It was a little, little late. Uh, to a wide open Hollywood in the end zone. Same thing happened with Mark Andrews. He threw yeah. one and 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 it, you know, they just gave the defender just enough time to get in there and and break up the pass. Yeah, but at the same time, the one Andrews caught was a great read by 
by Jackson also. He, he I mean, he, he was going to throw him all that out and then kind of turned him around back, back up field. So Absolutely. That was Absolutely. a great read yeah. by the quarterback. Yep. And there was another play in the game, you know, like I watched it, you know, there was another play in the game. Well, it was a third and long, and and uh, and Andrews was wide open over the middle of the field. He found the soft spot. Lamar just overthrew him. It went right off the tip of uh, Andrews' fingers. So the, yesterday, I mean, he had a fantastic fantasy day could have been even better. I mean, you're talking a couple of more touches uh, with legit probably another 40 yards added to that and a touchdown. So that that could have been absolutely huge, uh, you know, of a game. So, uh, yeah, you know, Tommy, you know, who right now is rosterable? For the Ravens, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay out of this. I'm not trying to be biased or a homer on this, but you're not a Ravens fan. You're, you know, who, who's rosterable? Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar Jackson. That's it. Those are the only three. Um, mainly because those, those are the only ones who have been productive for them. Nobody else has been productive. Hollywood Brown has not been productive. Miles Boykin has not been productive. Des Bryant, you're just hoping he can be productive. So the only three are Andrews, Dobbins, and Lamar. I got a I got a question for you, Bob. Did you get your back row Ravens notes confused with this podcast? Because I feel like we have talked a whole lot of Ravens tonight, man. man we got J.K. We... Dobbins and Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, Lamar Jackson. I mean, well, listen, you know, I, you probably right. You know, I hate that. <laughs> I apologize to anyone out there that hates the Ravens. I'm so so sorry that I'm talking about them. It's my bad, my bad. But, but there's a lot. But there's a lot of fantasy news to talk about right here. We just talked about Mark Andrews. I mean, he was drafted as a top three, top four tight end. A lot of people. I mean, dude, Hollywood Brown was one of the hot, hot names going into this season. Everyone was predicting he was going to blow up. He looked fantastic in the offseason, working out, putting on weight. Everyone had high expectations of him, including myself. Tommy even had high expectations of him. J.K. Dobbins, everybody's been talking J.K. for a month and a half, two months. Free J.K., free J.K., free the man. And he finally did, and now he has friggin' COVID, and then Lamar has just shit the bed off and on all year, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be a homer, but those are fantasy-relevant guys that are either helping people or hurting people, so, you know, we're just... Let's kind of bounce this out a little bit. Steelers are 10 notes. Let's talk about them a little bit. <laughs> yep, yep. Start, I'm just kidding, Bob. Uh, now start Chase Claypool. Start De- if Deontay Johnson makes it out of the first quarter, he's going to have a fantasy stud game, you know. So yeah, he had a he had a great game yesterday. Amazing Man. game. What, they, they I got can't remember three, how many targets he had. But. They got three top ten wide receivers there. It is just nuts. Um, I mean, I guess you know it depends on the week, but. Uh, the talent that they have there is just amazing. I, I, I'm sorry, Bob, but I don't know that the Ravens are going to make it past the Steelers this year. Buddy, I, I listen, I, I said this at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, if I was a betting man, I would have put a lot of money on the Steelers because I want to say the Steelers were a 15-1 to 1 favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um, so, I, you know, doing the math, I think if you had put, uh, I don't know, what, if you put 100 bucks down, you get 1500 back or something, you know? Or so, is that how that works? I, I'm not a big, big gambler. So, uh, you know, you put that kind of money down. I mean, they were a 15. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm, my bad. They were a 30 to 1 favorite. They were a 30 to 1 favorite before the That's season crazy. started. Absolutely. And I've said it all, all off season. I've said it on this show. 
a handful of times before the season even started that the Steelers, the Ravens, and that the Chiefs were the best teams, you know, in the AFC. And I wouldn't put it past the Steelers, you know, of being that best team because of that defense, because of their wide receivers. I didn't even expect anything out of Chase Claypool. I was saying this before they even drafted Claypool for the most part. Um, getting, I mean, this team was damn good last year, and they got Big Ben back, and he's a difference maker. So, yeah, I, I am not surprised one bit with the Steelers. They got a hell of a football team, a hell of a defense. They're, they're scoring points, you know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for a team to – I mean, them and the Chiefs, man, one of those two teams, unless they completely just choke one away, man, it, one of those two teams looks like they're going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So. Yep, I think you're right. I would, uh, I would definitely discourage the Chiefs from going down three scores against the Steelers, though, if they play in that <laughs> AFC Championship game, because they probably aren't coming back from that. Yeah, not with the offense Pittsburgh has this year with Big Ben being back. Yeah, uh, that'll be a uh, that'll be a d- d- damn good ball game to watch once uh, once that happens. So, well, guys, let's talk a little waiver wire. I mean, you know, a lot of people listen to this and everything, but you know, I think a lot of folks are going to listen to this show because they want to know. You know, Levi, what you have in store. You know, who's some guys we need to pick up? I'll let you and Tommy kind of take it away here. Um, what's some uh, What's some thoughts out there? Yeah, Levi, let's uh, let's go in let's go in and dive into the quarterbacks here. I I know you have them broken down into a tier system. What's your uh, What's your tier one quarterbacks to go pick up? Well, tier one, you know, I've got uh, I've got three guys in there, but a lot of it's going to be uh, bearing some health for one of the three. So I got Andy Dalton, of course. He came back this week, looked uh, looked pretty good. Two hundred three yards, three touchdowns, only one pick. Uh, you know, Dalton has so many weapons to work with there. As long as he can get enough protection, I think he's valuable. Taysom Hill, we already talked about. I definitely would. Taysom Hill is a guy that I would want to grab just because of their schedule coming up and, and uh, just his athletic ability as far as being a dual threat quarterback. But I like PJ Walker quite a bit. I just don't know that Bridgewater's going to miss. Um, you know, Panthers have been very conservative with their players this offseason, or I mean, this season. So I think P.J. Walker, um, I think he's a he's a very talented player. They've got a ton of playmakers on that offense. So those are some guys I'm looking at. I think Gardner Minshew could be a, um, a sleeper guy, kind of a sneaky pickup. If you've seen Jake Luton play, I mean, you would think they're going to turn back to Minshew oh, first chance, terrible. right? Yeah, Luton went ne- right. I think Luton had like negative five points or something like that, something crazy like that for the game yesterday. It's, I mean, I know they were playing. I know they're playing Pittsburgh, but still, like get Gardner Minshew back in there. So I think he's a sneaky pickup. You know, Joe Flacco has actually looked decent. Like it's Flacco! crazy to believe. I know that would get you excited, Bob. Oh, Joe <laughs> Flacco. Yeah, there's your there's your boy. Uh, he, uh, but I mean, he's he's been serviceable. He he, the offense have actually seemed to move the ball better with him than they have with Darnold. Um, so, you know, this is one of those guys, maybe Gase has revitalized his career, but, um, yeah, yeah. Flacco and Ryan Finley, not guys I want, but if you're in a deep league and you're desperate, they're, they're there for you. But, uh, I mean, I think this is. Hey, 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 real quick. You, uh, you said you were going up against Cooper Cup. How many points does Cooper Cup not need to score against you? He needs to start losing some points for me. Um, let me go to that. He's got nineteen point nine right now. My baby boo Cooper Cup is putting it up there tonight, boys. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting killed. I was down forty points going against Cooper Cup. I have Devin White, uh, Antonio Brown, and Godwin, and uh, so right now I'm down twenty nine points still. Yeah, Cooper Cup nineteen point nine. 
So, uh, but again, 20, 29 points. Uh, there's a little bit of game left. I need like a pick six where, you know, with Devin White and maybe a couple touchdowns for A.B. and Chris Godwin. Uh, you, uh, so, not looking good. You had mentioned P.J. Walker. Is P.J. Walker worth picking up in a dynasty league? Man, I think so. I picked up P.J. Walker all off season, every chance I got just because of what he did in the XFL the fact that he is dual threat, you paired him up with Matt Rule as college coach, The all the talent Carolina has, the fact that I personally don't think Bridgewater is a long-term solution at quarterback. I think he's a decent quarterback. He's a game manager. He's not going to lose games for you. But uh, I think P.J. Walker is exciting. He's a Lamar Jackson light to me. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying P.J. Walker is a star, but I am definitely intrigued with his talent so yeah in dynasty leagues I, I i own him in a lot of places and i wish i owned him in every place i thought about picking him picking him up over the weekend and I, I i just couldn't pull the trigger on it because i i didn't know how long he he was going to be the guy um i mean I, di- I didn't want to have to stash him either yeah he i mean i think it depends on who you have to drop for him if you've got thin rosters then he's not a guy to own but if you've got deep rosters like a lot of dynasty leagues that I'm in. I mean, he's a, he's a guy I want. He's young. He he was easily the best player in the XFL. Uh, oh, if you yeah. watched any XFL games at all, it was not close. This guy was clearly a level or two levels above everyone else. I mean, he was a superstar. So, again, he may not be that in the NFL. He is a small guy. I worry about him being able to withhold or withstand the beating that these NFL players take. But, uh, man, Cooper Cup, another catch. Jeez. <laughs> Did he get another one? Yeah, he got another one. My little boo-boo, cuckoo. <laughs> but if, if, we, if we move into running backs, you know, the, the article was posted earlier today. I have J.K. Dobbins as my number one pickup. Obviously, uh, the issue is he's not playing this week. With that being said, this now means everyone can get a little bit better of a bargain buy. You no longer have to. I, I put in there to spend 100% of your remaining fab to get J.K. Dobbins uh, because I think that if they are finally turning the tide to him, this guy is a league winner. Now that he's not playing this Thursday, uh, I think that you can possibly get him a little cheaper. I just I don't think he's available in a ton of leagues right now, and I don't have the percentages in front of me, but uh, he's still a guy that I would absolutely be going out and grabbing. Um, Bob, I'd ask your opinion, but I already know. Um, so, Tommy, J.K. Dobbins, what do you think? Is he worth the stash even though he's not playing this week? Uh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins should be owned already in, in, in every league. Um, yep. But if by some chance he's not owned, you absolutely spend all your fab money on, on, on that guy. Um, another guy uh, with him not playing this week was going to be Gus Edwards. Um, Gus yep. Edwards... If if Gus Edwards is on the waiver wire, I know in a lot of leagues he's not. Um, I know in a couple leagues I'm in, he is available. I'll be looking to make a claim on him. Um, he's going to be the number one guy there in in Baltimore this week. Uh, but moving forward, yes, J.K. Dobbins. And make sure if you do pick up Gus, remember that game is Thursday night, so you don't uh, you don't have till Sunday to figure out if you're going to play him or not. You want to throw him in there, and I think I would start him you know, as an RB2 because Baltimore's going to try and run the ball as much as they can and keep keep Ben and that offense off the field. And and they had a, an incredible amount of success running against uh, Pittsburgh before. Pittsburgh's given, given up quite a few yards on the ground. Um, so I think Baltimore really, really feeds Gus. So he's going to get a ton of volume, which is uh, going to put him right in that RB2 category. And I think I'd fire him up uh, yeah. with all confidence. They'll also need to neutralize You know, another couple guys too. that I- – 
You know, I wonder, you know, getting back to this uh, this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, I wonder if Lamar's going to run the ball more. I mean, with, with having the other backs out and the fact that they're going to be playing from behind a lot, I think Lamar's going to be dropping back more and having to improvise more. Um, I could see some more, um, you know, some more Lamar Jackson rushes this week. But uh, either way, Gus the Bus is obviously going to be the lead ball carrier. So um, we talked about some other waiver wire guys this week. Wayne Gallman, he may be a sneaky guy you can grab with him being on by last week. Uh, Gallman has looked really good, you know, starting in place of Devontae Freeman. Damian Harris continues to look like the best back for the for New England there, and they're actually giving him the ball. Now, he only had 11 carries this week, um, and I think game script fell into that, but Damian Harris has, has looked really good. Uh, you also factor in Rex Burkhead. Burkhead is probably out for the rest of the season. It's only a few carries a game, but uh, Sony Michelle is back, but Sony Michelle is not as good as Damian Harris. I mean, he is not <coughs> – uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Sony he was Michelle. a healthy scratch for crying out loud. Yeah, he is not a guy that scares me at all. The Patriots' offense and how they share the ball around is what scares me more than anything. But in dynasty leagues, Damian Harris is a is a big buy, I believe. You got Kalen Blash still getting a lot of work. Uh, it's all dependent on if Eckler's back or not. Miles Gaskins could be a cheap, uh, sneaky uh, waiver wire ad. I don't know that he's healthy yet, so you got to really look into that before you do. If he's not healthy, Ahmed is still a guy. Um, you know, he wasn't perfect last week, but he did have five catches for 31 yards on top of his 43 yards rushing. So PPR leagues, he's got some value. But uh, I think another really sneaky guy this week is James White. James White has pretty much been MIA all year. But now you think about Burkhead being out and the fact that the Patriots are playing from behind quite a bit. Uh, James White had nine targets yesterday for six catches and 64 yards. So in PPR leagues, James White absolutely has some value. And uh, I don't know that a lot of people are going to uh, to put a lot of thought in him, if that makes sense. What do you guys think about James White? Man, I, I had James White all friggin' year in a few uh, in a few leagues, and he hasn't done jack squat, so I cut him loose. I think I cut sure. him in a, in a handful of leagues. I, there's one, a couple of dynasty leagues I still got a hold of him, but I just have a hard time right now putting him in my lineup. It's like friggin' DJ Moore or something. When I put him in my my lineup, he does absolutely nothing, and then you know I bench him and he blows up. So uh, yeah, I just I feel like more of the same from him, uh, you know, off and on. I think what you should do, Bob, is probably each week on this show, just let the let the listeners know if you're going to start DJ Moore that week or if you're not going to start him, and then everyone else will know whether to play him or not play him. Yeah. Fire uh, him up with confidence, folks, because he ain't playing <laughs> this week for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. A um, few other guys. I still am uh, beating that drum for Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss has a lot of talent. I think same situation as Cam Akers you're seeing tonight. If Zach Moss ever gets more of the uh, the backfield touches, I think we're going to see a special running back. The problem is, is right now there's such a split there, and they're also a team that doesn't run the ball a lot with either back. Uh, but, but I think Zach Moss has a lot of talent. Uh, I had P. Ryan on here. Obviously, he's got the high ankle sprain. I would take him off. Uh, you know, as far as Frank Gore, man, you'd have to be super desperate. Um Frank the Tank is is not a guy that I want to have on my roster, but I guess you could do you could do worse. Uh, any other running backs you guys can think of that we need to we need to mention? Uh, possibly Carlos Hyde. Uh, you never know with Chris Carson if if that guy's going to play or not. Um, Hyde's always a decent guy to have as a backup there. I, I I know he missed you know the last couple weeks, but he came back yesterday and had, had a pretty decent game. Um, he's definitely usable. Yeah, yeah, Carlos Hyde I, I, is. Carlos Hyde's definitely. You know, there. I'm sure there's plenty of people that didn't pick him up, 
Um, and he may be still floating around out there. But listen, he had 17 and a half fantasy points in a PPR league. You know, he had 14 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Um, had three targets, caught a couple of passes for 16 yards. I'll take that anytime. 17 and a half fantasy points. Sign me up any damn week. You know, any day of the week, I'll take that every week. So uh, until Chris Carson comes back, uh, I would have no problem firing up uh, Carlos Hyde until that happens. So. Yep, I think Carson's going to be back this week, but we've thought that for a few weeks now. So Hyde is still worth the pickup. Uh, he's going to be the main ball carrier if Carson isn't isn't playing. So then we get into the wide receivers. Michael Pittman, I really, you know, was uh, was banging the table for this guy last week, and uh, you know he continue he continues to look good. He only had three targets, which is a huge issue, but he caught all three of them for 66 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Pittman is, is my number one wide receiver of the week. You know, if it wasn't for J.K. Dobbins, he'd still be my number one pickup. He is available in some leagues still. He's a guy that I, I would be spending 75% of my budget. Um, Pittman is one of those guys. I mean, we keep talking about all the rookie wide receivers this year, C.D. Lamb and uh, Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins, all these guys. Michael Pittman is about to, to reach that status. He's about to be that next guy, I think. What do you guys think of Pittman? I think Pittman's fantastic. I, he needs more than three targets in a game, but yes, he as does. Long, it, but as long as he's capitalizing on his targets, that that's really all that matters. I mean, he had a forty-six yard touchdown catch yesterday, I believe. Yeah, forty something. Yeah, so I mean, as long as he's being efficient, then I mean, he's he's very valuable. Yeah, he only yep. had three targets yesterday, which is not a whole whole lot. So you got to keep that in mind. Um, but like Tommy said, he was very efficient. He, you know, he 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 put up fifteen and a half fantasy points yesterday in PPR leagues on three catches. You know, one of them was a touchdown, so that's good. But he's absolutely a target of mine. I picked him up a couple of weeks ago in some uh, some keeper type leagues and things like that. And I've been, you know, I, I picked, I drafted him in some uh, in some dynasty leagues. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this to happen, and he's been a nice uh, nice surprise for me. You know, so there, there's a couple of leagues, man. I, I've got him in, in one keeper league, and I just don't know who in the hell to play him over because I've got Julio, DK Metcalf, and Cooper Cup, you know. Uh, and I'm like, who, who do I start him over? I don't know if I can start him over any of those guys, you know. Well, you might be starting him over Julio now with that hamstring. Absolutely, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a good pickup for you. Pittman is definitely a guy that should be owned in all formats at this point. Redraft Dynasty, it doesn't matter. Uh, Corey Davis and Nelson Aguilar, both guys who had kind of – you know, started the year as maybe uh, underperformer, you know, underperforming players, guys that never lived up to their to uh, their expectations, their draft status, so to speak. And both guys have played really wo- really good this year. Tannehill is looking to Corey Davis early and often, uh, which really surprises me with, you know, them be- supposedly being a run-first team and having other guys like A.J. Brown and John U on that team. Corey Davis continues to get targets and to be successful. Nelson Aguilar, I mean, the number one wide receiver for the Raiders right now. And I said wide receiver, not pass catcher because Darren Waller's the number one pass catcher there, but Aguilar, nine targets yesterday, six catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you could certainly do worse than having Aguilar on your team. He is boomer bust, though. Um, so I've been burned starting him sometimes, and other yeah. times I've been successful. Well, Aguilar's had games where he's only had two or three targets, but again, yep. he capitalized on those targets with a touchdown. So Sure. I mean... But Corey Davis, he's been their best receiver in Tennessee. Um, A.J. Brown uh, has been kind of injured a little bit, and yesterday didn't look very good. Um, he dropped a couple passes that he should have definitely had 
also. And I, I think that that's kind of been a little bit of an issue with him over the past couple weeks. He just hasn't been catching the ball. Corey Davis has looked ten times better than what A.J. Brown's looked. But, man, when A.J. Brown gets that ball in his hands, that dude is a monster. He, he's really, dynamic. Yes. Good good luck trying to tackle that dude. He just is dragging dudes to the end zone with him. Uh, just kind of uh, just just amazing. I'm a huge A.J. Brown fan, but, man, he's 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 a beast. Then you got guys, what about Brashard Perriman? Does it start to feel to you guys kind of a little bit like his late season surge like he had last year? I mean, he only had two catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, but uh, I know Perriman is not a guy to trust, but he helped me win a championship last year down the stretch in a best ball league that I traded for him late in the season. What do you do? You guys feel it coming on a little bit, or is this just a, a fluke? I think his value is if Denzel Mims gets injured again. Um, Mims would have to get would have to get hurt for Perriman to have much value to me. It, if you have to start Perriman in any kind of league, you're 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 in deep ass trouble. Um, because and, and I'm I'm being honest because there's wide receiver is so deep. You just ran you just rattled off plenty of them. Okay, you know there's. There's tons of them to pick up that are playing well. You know, Michael Pittman, you know, who was probably on your – probably not on the waiver wire now, but by golly, hopefully he is. If someone's listening to the show, I hope he's in there because you better throw some money on that guy or use your waiver priority and pick him up immediately. Nelson Aguilar is another guy. Alan Lazard. Any of these guys, Corey Davis, I'm, any of them, I'm starting over Brashad Perriman. Um, but – if you're having to start Perriman, it's either you're super, super deep. Uh, you got a super, super deep league, uh, a lot of teams in it or something, or you've just really, 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 really done a, a piss-poor job of working the waiver wire <laughs> to where this is probably the best out there for you to get. So, uh, well, Bob, Bob, I'm in deep-ass trouble because I started Brashard Perriman <laughs> this week. Oh, you know, and oh. the, the, That playoff league I'm telling you about, it is a deep league. It's 92 teams, and we're into a March Madness-style bracket now, first week of the playoffs. And uh, I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner. Um, I've got, you know, guys on the IR, Chris Carson's out. Um, you know, I had other players that, uh, weren't able to use this week. So I, he's a guy I snagged off the waiver wire this week and I had to start him cause I just didn't have very many options. Well, that, he, yeah. he got me 13.4 points. So, it, you know, uh, that's what I mean. Bad. I mean, you, you know, if you're in a league like that, where you have a lot of, you know, I, I'm in a league where a, a dynasty league where we play like five extra flex positions, or yeah. I think, you know, it's super flex. And on top of that, you, you play, you know, I think you play like five. I mean, you got six flex positions to fill. So, yeah, in a, in a situ, yeah, exactly. In a situation like that, you're probably playing someone like Perryman. You know, you're looking for anyone, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's going to be, you're going to be hard-pressed to be playing that guy, having to start him. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We get into the Tier 2 wide receivers. I mean, there's guys, Cole Beasley coming back from by. I think he's a sneaky get. LaVisca Chenault, who's been out with an injury. If he's back in the lineup, and especially if Minshew's back, I think he's a sneaky guy. Uh, Jalen Rager's probably owned in most leagues at this point, but if he's not, he's definitely worth a pickup. Uh, Marvin Jones, I still think Marvin Jones has value as long as Galladay is out. He only had four catches for 51 yards yesterday, but he had a long touchdown called back. Um, Marvin Jones, uh, again, I think... I think he's got some value. It's temporary value, but he's a guy that interests me. There's other guys you could go get. You could go get Demir Bird or Darius Slayton or Denzel Mims, but none of those guys get me excited as much as the ones I just listed. Uh, you guys have any uh, any other wide receivers you'd recommend? 
Um, with uh, Julio Jones's uh, hamstring issues, Russell Gage has to be targeted. If 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 Gage is on your waiver wire, um, he's definitely a guy that needs to be looked at. Yep. What about you, Bob? I know you're uh, all in on Des Bryant right now, but anybody else? Uh, you know, I I think he did a pretty good job. I I was going to say Russell Gage, Des Bryant. I mean, listen, you got to be desperate to have to be starting Des Bryant. I just think Des Bryant's more of a stash right now. Pick him up for nothing, yep. and uh, you know, pop him on your bench. Uh, I see them giving him more volume. Uh, moving forward, and he could be a nice flex because I see him being a red zone target on top of this. Um, they've got a goal with him, and he showed a lot yesterday. So, yeah, that could be a guy just to stash. Another sneaky guy, I don't know how, how desperate you got to be, but Larry Fitzgerald's come back to life recently, you know? Yeah, he has. He's put up some points. He had eight catches the other day on 10 targets. You know, he had 62 yards, didn't have any touchdowns or anything, but – Hey, PPR leagues, man, that's gold. You know, that's 14 worth. points. Absolutely it is. So, you know, those are the only guys that really, really stick out to me. Russell Gage probably being the biggest one. You know, kind of your best of the rest. Um, maybe, maybe Sammy Watkins if he's out there. I, I don't know if I'm one. Unless I have a deep bench, I'm not messing with him. You know, I'm not dropping a guy for him. Sammy Watkins, talk about one of the biggest disappointments in the modern draft era. That dude has so much talent. And, you know, you look at the – he plays with the best quarterback in the league. He plays with one of the, the most bright offensive minds in the league. And the dude, he either can't stay healthy or can't be consistent. Uh, just major, major disappointment. But, uh, I mean, he's if you're in super deep leagues, he's worth a, a gamble of throwing out there. But his floor is extremely low. Um all right, you guys want to do tight ends? Let's move on. Let's wrap it up. What a dumpster fire the tight end position this year. <laughs> um, I mean, if you don't have Travis Kelsey and maybe Mark Andrews comes back to life in one week of Taysom Hill, you are just screwed when it comes to tight ends. So each week you got to just take your chances. I think, yeah, you know, this. Don't forget about Darren Waller. Yeah, either. Darren Waller. Oh, my bad, my bad. So, some respect, mad respect to Darren Waller. That dude's been a beast this year, too. Um, but outside of those guys, you're looking at the best of the rest, so to speak. We've got Robert Tanyan. Uh, he continues to kind of be a roller coaster of a year. This week, five targets, five catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. I think he's going to be up and down from week to week. You just got to figure out the week to play him. Ebron's been fairly consistent. He had seven targets, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. It is beyond me how Ebron can be fantasy relevant when they have three stud wide receivers on that team. Um, then you got guys like Dalton Schultz. He saved his his week with a late touchdown in, in last night or yesterday's game. Trey Burton continues to score touchdowns, even though he only got two catches yesterday. Now, I do think Will Disley or Jacob Hollister, one of those guys could emerge now with Greg Olson out. I think Will Dils Disley has huge long-term value, dynasty league value, and he's still recovering from his injury last year. But uh, I'm curious to see if he's healthy enough that he can start having an emergency here and kind of be that number three option in that in that offense. And if not, could it be Jacob Hollister? I actually traded for Jacob Hollister uh, today in a very deep league uh, where we can trade fab money, and fab money is pretty important. I traded $30 of fab money for Jacob Hollister because I am just terrible at tight end in that league. But uh, any, you guys got any other tight ends you want to talk about? Uh, there's always somebody like Jordan Akins. Uh, he 
he was actually injured a few weeks ago, which allowed Darren Fells to kind of step into that into that spot. But but Aikens is back and he's getting some decent targets. Had a pretty decent game yesterday. I, I may I may look at Jordan Aikens as a pickup. What about you, Bob? Anybody? You know, not really anybody to pick up, but you know, just something to monitor is if someone drops someone like Hayden Hurst. I mean, I know it's far fetched to say something like that. But he put up zero points yesterday, a goose egg. I think he only had two targets. You know, he had nothing. There yep. may be a situation where somebody just gets pissed and they look at that and they're not looking long-term, um, and, and they may drop him. So you know me. We talk about it every week. I, I think I look forward more to the guys that are getting dropped on Wednesday morning when it's, uh, when it's when these waiver wires process. Um, so that's a guy that really sticks out to me. Um but, yeah, as far as tight ends, I mean, like I said, it, we thought it was going to be a lot deeper this year, and it absolutely has not been. And, um, you know, and that, that's just another, another situation to monitor. Is well, it could, it could definitely happen. A lot of people don't like to own two tight ends. And if you're streaming the position and you just had a, a goose egg from Hurst, they may not have confidence to start them this week against, um, you know, their upcoming matchup. So you're, you're right. I mean, they, Hurst could end up getting dropped. He could. Uh, I mean, they had a bye week. Up. You know, they had a bye week last week. You know, week 10 was their bye week. So someone didn't have any points out of them then. They didn't get any points out of them yesterday. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. He's still a top five tight end. I don't know why in the world, you know, they, they didn't go to him anymore yesterday. But it always is weird when Julio is jacked up. Yep. It's like Russell Gage gets the love or something. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's just something to keep an eye on just in case he gets dropped. Go scoop his ass up immediately. Yeah, Matt Ryan falls apart when Julio's not in there. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. And then, then I think that if we're done with tight ends, that really brings us to uh, the players to drop. And so, for me, these these guys are dead to me. Um, you got Joe Burrow, Jake Luton, Matt Breida, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, uh, scratch that Gus Edwards take now that we know J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are out. We want to throw him into the yep. uh, the pickups that we mentioned earlier. Uh, but D-Day Dallas, Alex Collins. Bob, by the way, do you think there's any possibility uh, Baltimore wants to try to scoop Alex Collins up since he's just on the practice squad for Seattle? I would think we would have already heard about it if that was the case. But um, any thoughts there? I... Bob has his Alex Collins jersey <laughs> on deck in case that happens. I know you're probably yeah. wearing it right now and touching oh yourself. Oh my god, that would be so. Uh, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. But yeah, it'd just be a one week thing. I don't know what yeah. they would do, but yeah, that would be kind of cool if they went and scooped him up. Man, that'd be neat to see. I, that little I, Thanksgiving treat. I knew you'd get excited if I brought that one up for I you. I do, so. and I, I do have an Alex Collins Ravens jersey. That's it, what it, you were saying. Yeah. Oh my god. I was just throwing a softball up there for you. Oh, just you to, did. Uh, Teed it right up for me, yeah, man. You got, got you, me, got me all got giddy. You, got you back in the game. You sure so, uh, for those of you guys, Bob has not been having a good day today, so I just had to bring some smiles to his oh, face yeah, here. Oh, yeah, it's been a rough one. All right, so the rest of the guys that are dead to me, uh, Josh Kelly, Tro- Troy Main Pope, Jordan Wilkins, Hollywood Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Miko Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Alshon Jeffrey, Greg Olson, Chris Herndon and David and Joku. Who am I missing, guys? Who are dead to you? I think you nailed it right there. Yeah, um, yeah, you went through them pretty good. I mean, Hollywood Brown was one of the ones that stuck out to me. That just drove me absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, man. And some of these guys, I know they're not owned in all formats, but for various reasons, each of these guys have had fantasy appeal at some point throughout the season. And uh, between injuries or uh, lack of playing time or whatever it is, they're just not getting it done. It's time to out with the old, in with the new. Surely you can find someone better on your waiver wire than these guys right here. Hey, guys, and if you are in a league I play in, feel free to drop Patrick Mahomes and Michael (laughs) Thomas and guys like that also. Yeah, get rid of those turds. (laughs) Uh, our ratings may not be very good but we will be damn good fantasy champions (laughs) yeah waiver wire warriors (laughs) absolutely drop all your fab money on patrick mahomes now so yeah exactly Well, guys, uh, it was a good, good show. Uh, We want to thank everyone out there for listening to us, making us a part of your day. Uh, We do appreciate that. So uh, just keep an eye out for us next week. We're going to be back at it Monday night, going over these things, uh, going over the waiver wire, giving you a head start so you can make those claims, and hopefully some of these works out so uh, we're not giving Levi any crap or trolling him by any means. But uh, we want to wish every one of you out there a a, a happy Thanksgiving. Um, But, yeah, for, for, for Tommy, for me, for Levi, thanks for listening to the show. And we are out. 